What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Truck and Hustle, we are um, we do a lot of work in the community as well as in the prison system. I don't know if you guys know, but we have a partnership with a tablet called Securus, where we reach uh, 400,000 incarcerated people. Right, so it's very important. Thank you, thank you. It's very important for us to make sure that we do not forget our brothers and sisters behind the wall. And it was just as important for me and and our team to make sure that we highlighted, you know, individuals that came from these type of circumstances and stand before you as extreme successes. So give it up for these brothers. I'm going to let them take the stage. I'm going to let Ed get get started. And y'all going to hear these amazing stories, man. And I hope... If anybody, if you have somebody that's behind the wall, raise your hand. A mother, a cousin, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, damn near everybody in this room, right? So everybody can relate to this. And we can never forget, never forget people who are incarcerated. They got to come home and we got to make sure that we give them the proper guidance and get them back on the right track. So, Ed, do your thing, bro. All right, all right, all right. I think I got the mic here. Oh, oh, you good. But, uh. I'm just going to do like Coach Liz just did. I'm going to walk back down there, and I'm going to come back up here, and I want some of that energy that y'all gave, brother. Man, that, was, that was amazing. That was, that was something. I'm, I've been learning stuff all weekend, but I just learned something else this morning. I'm going to throw that into my repertoire now. But um, I am Ed Hennings. I am the owner of Go Time Trucking. Um, it's a box truck company. Um, I have a couple of box trucks running in my hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I have a couple running in my new home, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan. Man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. I started this company maybe about five, six years ago. And it also produced my new baby, my new baby, which is footwear for truckers. We do last mile delivery. Last mile delivery is when your furniture is ordered and two guys show up at your door with your bedroom set, your living room set. They bring it in, they put it together and you're off and running. Right. So that's what my company does. And deliver refrigerators and stoves like that. I decided a lot of my crew is young. They like the swag. They like to drive and drip. So there it goes. I've developed the footwear where they can drive, the young guys still like to look good, and trucking definitely don't look like it used to look, me looking out here in the crowd right now. 
I'm 50 years old. So um, like my man said yesterday, not a piece of hay in your mouth and a straw hat on anymore. A lot of you guys is looking very, very nice. And if you told somebody you was a trucker, I wouldn't have believed it 10 years ago. Okay, so before this company, before um, these entrepreneurial endeavors, I had spent 20 years in prison from June 11th, 1996 to October 18th, 2016. I was in prison. <clears throat> so roughly I've been home October 18th, made six years, six years I've been home. I would like to say that um, this is more than what I ever dreamed of doing while I was in prison. This is more than my imagination could even conjure up. I got my barber license while I was in prison. And all I had a dream was one day opening a barbershop. I opened up that barbershop a year after I came home. Somebody sat in my chair and I was cutting his hair and he told me about the trucking business. He said, man, I bought a box truck and I'm making X amount of dollars. And I said, man, I'm in the wrong business. So by the time he came back to get that haircut, I had bought me a box truck parked in front of the shop. And I said, man, look at that truck out there, man. I bought that truck. So he was excited. I was excited, man. And there my, my trucking journey began. And uh, one thing that I seen the moment I walked into prison, I've been to prison at one time. I wasn't the guy that had been to prison five or six or seven times. I went one time, June 11, 1996. And when I walked in there, it took me about two days to figure out the problem. It was three, four, 5,000 broken men. Not dumb men. Not men that didn't have talent. Not the men that wasn't six foot five with muscles on top of muscles, bone crushers, but they were broken. They were broken men. They did not believe that they were capable of doing anything but the things that we were doing. And when I seen that, I knew my problem. I knew I was broken. I knew I couldn't carry out anything, any information that was given to me because it wasn't the lack of information. It was a lack of execution. I couldn't execute anything because I didn't believe. I didn't think I had what it take to do it. So I started a mission. I started a mission to rebuild myself from the inside out. So those 20 years I was in prison, I was working on me. I was working on my character. I was working on my work ethic. I was working on my respect for others. So I worked on that. I worked on that over and over and over again because my life had taken on a new purpose. Not only did I need to change my life, but for those three, four, five thousand broken brothers that was in there with me, they needed to see it done. They needed to see me up on here on this stage one day. Right now, they need to see this. They need to see one of one of ours is up there doing something. Then they believe it. So in my barber shop, when they got out in Wisconsin, you get out on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock is release date. And every Tuesday morning release date, four or five guys that was released is coming to my barbershop. They coming because they start to believe when they start hearing the stories. Man, Ed got out. Ed got a barbershop. Ed got a house. Ed driving a Maserati. So it's a purpose behind it all. 
So when you guys come in today and you say, man, I want to come in and get some information to start my business. I want to come in and change my family. We come in with a whole nother purpose. Yes, we want more money. Yes, we want our community to change. Yes, we want to provide more for our families. But it's for it's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of broken men in this country that need to see what we're doing up here today. It creates a belief in yourself. It creates a belief in another person because they can see it. They can touch it. They can feel it. It's just not on TV. This is not just social media. This is real life. This is live and in living color. This is somebody who feels the trials and tribulations, the adversities of starting a trucking business. You guys know how hard it is in this game. People can get up here and tell you about all the money they making, but they don't tell you the adversity that they fought through to get to that point. It ain't sweet. It's not sweet in this game. But I'm able to stay in this business the last five or six years because of the 20 years I spent building me, building somebody that used to quit. The first sign of adversity, the first sign of opposition, man, I'm checking out, man, I got no time for that. You know that dude. If they roll the red carpet out for him, he gonna get it done. But if it's any type of friction, if it's a little bit of work to get it done, man, I'm out of here. I ain't going for that. Not knowing this life I was living before took a whole lot of work. But once again, that's how broken people see it. It's a sickness. It's an illness. It's an illness. And the cure is in working on you. I know we're working on this trucking game. I know we're working on raising our income. We got a lot of material items we want to buy. And you're spending a lot of time on that. Actually, you spent three days working on trucking. But how many days are you going to spend working on you? Your character. Your respect. Your grind. You got to work on that. I was just talking to some young ladies yesterday. And I said, um, we got to start small. Because if you never read a book in your life, you can't throw somebody like that a book and say, read that book. Just say, read me a sentence. Because we learn in small chunks, small bites. We don't eat the whole burger at once. We take a bite. After you read a couple sentences for about a week or two, then you read a paragraph. And once you get up to a paragraph for a week or two, then you go to a page. That's how we learn, right? So with the young men that I talk to in these prisons, in the juvenile camps, in the roughest communities in America, I go in and I say, first of all, brother, your mama don't take out garbage. Let's just deal with that right now. No woman in this audience with men in the house, men in the community should be taking out no damn garbage. That's how I was raised. That's the things, those are the type of things I had to start, get back to and start with when I start rebuilding myself. I had to get back to those principles and those values. It wasn't trucking. It wasn't barbering. It wasn't basketball, which I never lost when I was in prison playing. And it wasn't because I was the most talented. It's because I had changed the person I was. I wasn't going to lose. It wasn't because I was the best basketball player. And that was the difference. I used to tell guys, the reason why I'm winning and you're not is because you playing to show your talent. I just play to win. It's a difference. I'm doing everything I need to do to win. 
you going out there to score 40 points. I can have one point, but I'm going to win. Because the guys that can score, I'm going to get them the ball where they need to score at. So I'm playing my role to win in business and in life. But that came with me changing the person that I was. That helped me in every facet of my life, not just in business, but in everything, in my health, in my appearance. Everything changed when the inside of me changed. So the only information that I can give you that's tried and true, tried and true, is you're going to get the results from the individual that you are. I don't care how much talent you have. I do not care how, how smart you think you are or how good you think you look. If you think you're going to get around that grind and you haven't developed a person that's going to grind, you're just going to be a good looking person that's going to come up short over and over and over again. I'm sorry. I see it happen. I've seen it happen in my personal life. I see it happen day in and day out. I see people that's not as talented as you, not as smart as you, and don't look as good as you. And they get way further than you get. Why is that? You look at them every day. You look and say, dude, they ain't even cold as me. Why he got the bag and I don't? Why she got the bag and I don't? It ain't what you know. It ain't how you look. It ain't all that talent. Because God give us that. God give us looks. God give us talent. We don't work for that. It's the things that you got to work for that you're coming up short on. You riding what's been given to you all the way on out. You riding, that's only going to take you so far. Because you got a part to play. God done did his part. He gave you everything that you, that you need. All the tools. Now you have to do your part. So you say, I'm praying, I'm going to pray for this, I'm going to pray for that. I understand, that's true. Because you already blessed. You woke up this morning. Now, what you going to do with today? You got 24 hours today. What you going to do with it? You was blessed to get that. Somebody didn't get that. And that's the mentality that I had to switch to. I had to switch all of that up and say, man, you know what? I got two hands. I got two legs. My eyes working pretty good. I, I can hear good. Let me use this stuff. I got it. Let me use it. That's like having all the tools in your toolbox and this guy walk up with a spoon. And build a rocket. You got a whole toolbox. You ain't build nothing. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening in all of our lives. We're watching people build things and make things happen with a lot less than what we have. We watch it every day. We at this conference this weekend. If somebody didn't show up to this conference, that's going to go out there and kill it. Didn't get none of this information. But we came here and got all this information. What we going to do with it? What we going to do with it? And that's, and that's the change. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this one more time, and I'm going to let these brothers come on and, and, and tell their story. And I just want to say this, is that when I sat in a holding cell and I was waiting for the jury to come back with a verdict, mind you, I was facing the rest of my life in prison. I was facing life. And I was pacing back and forth like I'm doing on this stage, and I was praying, and I was just saying, man, if I get a second chance, I promise you I won't need a third. Just give me a second chance. And, and I thought about a lot about who I was. And, and I made some promises to myself, to my children, to my mom, to my dad, to my grandma, my granddad who raised me. And I was like, man, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm 24 years old. I'm going to do better. But I heard another speaker say this, and it, it resonated with me so much that when I was sitting in that holding cell, my dream showed up.
my gold showed up. And they said, man, you didn't even try for us. You didn't give us a chance. You spent all your time on everything but us. We would have been good together. And I promised my goals and my dreams that day. I said, man, I promise you, I'll give you everything I got. I'll give you everything I got. So from June 11, 1996 to right here as I stand before you today, I've been giving my dreams everything I got, man. I've been giving it my all, my, every ounce of my energy. I've been riding in this country in a car. I've been flying here. I've been everywhere I can get that my money would take me living this dream. Living this dream, and not just for me, but remember, I'm living this with a purpose because I know there's so many people from where we're from that need to see it. They see me fall, hit rock bottom, and face the rest of my life in prison. And now they get a chance to see me come back. They get a chance to see me stand in front of, in front of you guys and tell my story and talk about my life and talk about how the impact that it's having on other people. And that's been the plan from day one. It's to get out here and help somebody not have to go through that thing that I went through. Now, one truck goes out and makes $750 a day. When I get done paying everybody and take care of my bills, I take care of probably like $200. And a lot of guys are introduced to the trucking business. They say, man, $200 ain't nothing. I say, someone five trucks is doing that every day. So my math might be a little different than others. I might take one truck and make $200 and people say that's nothing. But once again, five trucks doing that every day, that's $1,000 a day. And to somebody from where I'm from, that's a whole hell of a lot of success to me. I thank y'all. I salute y'all. Next up, I just want to take time, man. We just talk, uh, spoke briefly before we got on, man. And uh, he said something to me, and it resonated with me, man. I just know he's going to share with you guys. But he already, in like two seconds, he hit me with something, and I already got it in my heart, man. It's real. And y'all just uh, show some love for my man Trent, all right? Good job. Woo. All right. First off, let me start. My legs are killing me. So, Coach, I, I wasn't able to go to the gym this morning from uh, not skipping leg day. It is. <laughs> Um, my name is Trent Griffin Broth, and um, I'm originally from um, New York City, from the Bronx. Uh, and I only got like 10 minutes to kind of share my 37, 38 year story. So I'm gonna give you a, a, a high overview. But um, very similar to a lot of brothers, right? Didn't, didn't, wasn't born with a silver spoon, um, was in between Harlem and, and, and the Bronx. Um, at the age of eight, I lost my father. By the time I was 10, my mother was in rehab. So, I mean, I had to overcome a lot of barriers. And the barriers that we see a lot of people who look like us go through all the time. So I always say, I don't feel like my story is unique because there's so many other people who have similar stories. But I do believe that we could all pull motivation from each other's stories. And so um, that being said, after, I, after my father passed away, we moved to upstate New York, Albany, New York. Um, still there to this day. And um, about a year in, like I said, my mother, she ended up going to rehab, ended up living with my grandparents for a while. 
basketball was my passion, still is, always has been, and that was my safe space. That's that's how I get to recharge is through basketball. And so throughout all of this this pain I was going through, losing my father, my mother in rehabs, one thing I was I was dedicated to was basketball, playing basketball in the backyard. Um, I ended up doing really good in school, middle school. Then when I got to high school, that's when things got a little iffy. Um, started to kind of feel myself a little bit. But basketball is what kept me going to school because ultimately, you know, it was my goal to just be on the team. And when I was in ninth grade, I remember trying out for the team and I got cut. And this was the first time that I had to really dig in. And this was my first goal. And this is when I first understood what a goal would look like. And basically my goal was I'm not going to get cut again. I'm definitely going to be on JV and varsity because my best friends was playing on the team and I play with them every day. So I know I'm just as good as them. Only difference is they were like six, five, six, six, and I'm, I'm five, eight. So, <laughs> but that being said, I just got to it. And that's summer I played basketball every day. One thing I started to do was I started to ask my friends, what are the drills you guys are doing in practice? You see, I understood that if I was doing the same things they were doing, I was getting just as good as they were. But the only difference was while they were doing it in the gym, I was doing it outside. And so I was busting my ass all summer long just to make sure all, all throughout that year, just to make sure I was there again. I started to create relationships with the coaches, with the coaching staff, with other members of the team. I started to um, do the drills that everyone was doing. And long story short, by the time I was in 10th grade, I was on the JV team. But that was a pivotal moment for me because, again, like I said, that was the first time I actually went after a goal. That was the first goal that I can identify with. And that was the first time I started to identify that my network would kind of determine where I would be. So now after that, um, I ended up playing. I, I ended up not. I ended up playing varsity. Um, after high school, I, I basically uh, went to college for a semester. I failed out first semester, um, and uh, I gave up on myself. I gave up on myself. It was easier for me to just let the school thing go. And so I ended up coming back home, and I started to just hang out with, you know, some of the people that I grew up with, most of which were now running in the streets. And so um, that's what I found myself doing. And... It was easy to get into because everyone around me was doing it. And I wish I would have stuck with them same principles that I learned when I was in school at that time. Surround myself with better people, have some goals, but I didn't. Actually, I did. My goals was like I wanted to get a brick. I needed to I needed to get a bird like that was my kind of goals. Right. And so once again, I was able to get there because anything that you set your mind to, you'll get to it. And it happened pretty quickly at that. But what also happened quickly is I got incarcerated. So here I am, 19 years old, never been to jail before, never even had a speeding ticket, but now I'm facing a four to 12 year prison sentence. And so I, I did what I had to do. And I did my four to 12 year prison sentence. I ended up doing three and a half years off of that. And while I was, in, while I was incarcerated, the best thing I did was I took college courses. I actually started taking courses through Maris. And and um, I ended up being the top of the class for people incarcerated or for people outside of incarceration. And 
that was another one of those aha moments because while I was in school, I gave up on myself. But as a youth, but being in that prison and taking those courses, I realized that I was kind of smart and I realized that I could do anything that I really wanted to apply myself to. And so that's when I made the commitment to myself that moving forward, I'm going to always be a forever learner because I need to learn as much as I possibly can, because then I can apply that knowledge and go on and do amazing stuff. And so um, I end up getting released from prison. Um, I ended up uh, hard to get a job. Anybody who's ever been incarcerated or has an F or a felony on their record, you know that most times you go to an employer and as soon as you say you've been uh, have a felony, you're probably not going to get the job. Or if you do get the job, it's probably an entry level job where it feels like you're just going to be on, the, on that rat race forever. And um, so I ended up uh, taking a, a temp job for about a year. I was working in warehouses, packaging stuff up. I hated it. I was miserable. It was tough. Um, my PO wouldn't let me have a car because of the nature of my crime. So I couldn't even drive. So I had to rely on public transportation or, or family to get me around. And that's when I was just like, this is trash. So, <laughs> so I went and I tried to get me a job. I ended up working in the hotel, got a job at a Marriott, cleaning, cleaning the bathrooms, driving their shuttle van called a houseman. And um, I took that little minute opportunity and I said, yo, I want to take it to the top in my mind. But it all looked like Little, little freak occurrences, little things happen. And when you're doing what you're supposed to do and when you're on your path, the universe is going to create opportunities for you. You just got to seek the opportunities out. And so my opportunity came in the form of a young lady named Rebecca. I'll never forget her. She was like, Trent, I'm leaving. I didn't tell anybody. I'm not, I haven't told anyone yet, but I think you would be awesome to learn the front desk. And so I was like, cool. And so she would teach me front desk stuff. So when she went to put her notice in, she actually told him, hey, I know I'm putting my notice in, but I've been working with Trent here at night. I think he would be a great front desk person. And so naturally, instead of them having to train somebody else, they said they'll give me the shot. And I took that shot and I worked my way from houseman to front desk to eventually the general manager. And see. But being the general manager, um. It, it, it came with some setbacks. I didn't get to be the general manager at that hotel. I had to take a step back. Um, no one would give me that opportunity because I didn't have sales on my resume. And like I always say jokingly, I did have sales. It was just the wrong sales, right? So, but in this instance, I decided to go back in the, uh, and, and get into property management. I figured if I could lease out apartments, that shows I have sales. Did that, crushed it. Uh, got it over 90, 96% occupancy, uh, ran the checkup for the organization, and then I decided, you know what, now it's time for me to pivot, and I got my opportunity to be a GM. I ran this little hotel for a couple of years, I, uh, two years to be exact. First year, I took it from three, 400000 and we did $1.2 million. Um, that was when I was like, you know what, I went to prison chasing the bag, and here I am making another family millions of dollars. So that's when I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And so I then start to set my attention on opportunities. And a big opportunity that was coming around our way was they were building a casino, Rivers Casino. And I said, you know what? The transportation here sucks. I used my network. I sat on the hospitality board and we all talked about how bad the transportation was. And so I said to, this, to my network, hey, if I was to start this product just for the hotels, 
just to get guests from the airports and shuttle them where they need to go, would you use it? Given that they knew me and knew knew me as Trent at that time, not as the 05A1273, they all said that they would. And so, um, so they did use us. And in the first year, we went from working with six hotels to working with about 40 hotels. We were scaling it up, running it up quickly. And um, everything was looking good. Uh, I was, you know, I got, we went from one vehicle to three within the first year. Went from uh, one, one, from me, myself, and, and two other people uh, to, you know, about seven, eight people on the team in the first year. Things are looking great. And then um, we're running it, running it, running it. And then eventually COVID happens, shuts everything down. We lost 93% of our business just like that. And um, what we did, though, we went right to the drawing board. We decided, how can we help? Very first calls we were doing is, how can we help people? We know people need food. How can we help? We know kids can't go to school, but some of them rely on that food. How can we help? We know that people still need to go to the doctor. So how can we help? And basically through that, all of those relationships eventually turned into contracts once we started to get out of COVID. And so, so the company started to take its first pivot and the pivot began. I started to identify that transportation and poverty go hand in hand and that there's so many systematic barriers that have been put in place that allow many of us who come from the inner cities to be restricted because of transportation. And so we went from being a hotel based uh, 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 transportation supplier to being a community based. And our whole mission is to combat poverty through transportation. Our whole mission is to help others and provide opportunities. And so now we're in a space where we're able to, well, we do services that help reduce recidivism. We do uh, community prison shuttles. We do them four times a year, completely for free. Um, and we know that with each visit someone incarcerated gets, it reduces their rate of return by 12%. We, we do shuttles that address food insecurities. We know that people live in areas where they're food deserts. And so now we get people from those food deserts to healthy, uh, healthy and, 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 and affordable food options. Uh, we learned that um, that uh, what's oh the we 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 many youth you know the prison pipeline. So we start to now transport youth from the inner cities to like um, charter schools that have like ninety something percent graduation rates. Um, we we just we oh in our in our big program is called driven to work where we actually help organizations remove that question. Do you have, do you have reliable transportation from their, from their applications? You see, what we're doing is kind of, we, we haven't found anything, a for-profit organization that does what we do across the state. We believe that it's scalable and something that we could repeat. The goal is gonna be to continue to master in our market dominate the upstate New York market and then start to go Midwest with it. Um, but understanding what we do and, you know, we got the receipts. We got been highlighted in Forbes as, you know, one of the next 1,000 entrepreneurs. We've been on Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg uh, Magazine. We've been highlighted by the New York Times um, for how to survive in, in a pandemic. Um, on top of that, you know, uh, we've been we won awards for uh, leaders in diversity, equity and inclusion. 
we we provide opportunities for individuals that we know normally wouldn't be be able to get. You know, someone comes home after 20 years, for example, and, you know, we give them an opportunity to join corporate sales team, something that they probably normally wouldn't get. Um, we also we have something called uh, one way in, two ways out. So whoever comes into one of my organizations, I want them to come in one way, but I want them to leave with additional skill sets so they can keep it going. Um, I got to start wrapping it up. But they, um, on top of that, you know, we also help individuals get their commercial driver's license. We understand like that's a pathway. And so with us in New York State, anything under eight passengers doesn't require CDL. Our fleet is unique where we have buses, sprinters. I have box trucks. Um, I have a fleet of over 40 at this point. Um, um, employ, employ around 100 people at any given time. Um, so throughout the years, hundreds of people um, go back to the prisons and, and, and into the communities and help. Uh, we do free web series to help uh, minority and women, women led organizations understand what resources are available to them and to tap into. Um, my whole mission, like the coach said, I'm in the transformation through transportation, though. And so. And so I'm just going to kind of wrap it up. We're also, we, we do a lot with real estate as well, um, but I'm able to do all of these things because through my life, I explored these different paths and I took advantage of different opportunities. And in the moment, I might not have understood why this opportunity was there or even why I was doing it, but it did prepare me for whatever was next. And so, um, so with that being said, I like to always just tell people, if, if this kid from the Bronx who wasn't born with a with a with a silver spoon? Who uh, lost his father at a young age? With parent mother was battling addiction. If who barely graduated high school, ended up going to prison for four years. If I'm able to now do the things that I've been able to do, I guarantee you anybody can do it. Anybody, and I believe that sincerely. It all gonna come down to figuring out what your why is. Um, Come, figuring out what your why is, why you want to do it, as well as just being resilient, not allowing anything to stop you. Taking that time to know who you are. Too many people don't spend time getting to know them. And that's probably the one of the most monumental things I did was during my transition is I took time to learn who Trent was. And in doing so, I learned that I have I have faith in myself to the highest extreme. I believe in myself. I'll bet on me every single day. And I do that. I bet on me every single day. And so I just encourage all of y'all to bet on yourselves. Understand that all things are possible. And, and, and like I said, man, whatever you want, it's out there. Just go get it. Man, man. I told you it took like two seconds. It took like two seconds for him to hit me. He talked about poverty and I, that, that got me right. You know, my eyes started to tear up because I, I felt it. You know, poverty is, 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 is vicious, right? Poverty is tough, man, and it causes us to make some decisions and choices that we normally don't make. So when he said that to me, it resonated with me. But next up, um, I follow him on Instagram a lot, man, um, and he just giving out all the game, man. And I, I, I love what he do, man. He, he don't know me, but he's been a mentor of mine, man, because I'm always learning and stealing like I told y'all before. Y'all call it, y'all call it learning. I be, I call it stealing. I be stealing stuff, you know. So, you know, he don't know how to stole a few things from him off of Instagram and stuff like that. So, 
you know, uh, this your chance to steal something right now. Uh, Coach Sheldon, man, from Atlanta, GA. Y'all give it up. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? First of all, you know, before I get started, I want to pray us in. Today's Sunday, nobody prayed us in, so let me uh, take a moment. Heavenly Father, I praise you, I thank you, I exalt your holy name over every name. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus on everybody that's in this uh, freight fast, Father. Father, I ask that you will anoint my tongue, anoint every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Father, I pray that all the information that was shared in freight fest this weekend will go forth, penetrate the spirit of your people. They will receive it with clarity and understanding, and you will crown their business with favor in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So look. So look, I know y'all want me to talk about box trucks. I'm the box truck coach. Been doing this since March of 2018. And first and foremost, I want to uh, thank uh, Box Truck Shorty and that couple uh, 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 trucking in a box. They came up to me over the weekend. They acknowledged me. They gave me my flowers. They now doing the coaching. For some of y'all that don't know me, I'm the first one that started the box truck lane, getting the box trucks with no CDL cargo van. Been doing this since March of 2018. Me and my beautiful wife, Tam Tam, we didn't, we, we didn't have 65,000 people come through our program. Not 60, 65,000. We didn't turn 650 people into entrepreneurs since COVID. We produced two millionaires in 2021 in their first year with a box truck and a cargo van. We got two millionaires that's going to make a million this year, one out of Dallas and one out of North Carolina, right? So now, now that you know who I am, this is why they got me on the reform panel. I got 10 felonies. I ain't say two. I got 10. I've been to prison twice. The last time I went to prison, I went in at 46. I got out at 55. I am now 61. November 18, I'll be 62. Right? Now, when you in prison, Prison is designed to steal your hope. That's what it's designed to do. They call it a correctional facility. It's nothing about it that's correctional. Now watch this. When you in prison, you can go left or you can go right. What's going left? Going left, you're trying to perfect wrongdoing. You're trying to find a better way to sell dope. You're trying to find a better way to write checks. But I choose right. I learned trucking in prison. I learned it in prison. And when I got out, my, I stayed the whole six months in the halfway house, studied for my CDLs, got my CDL, worked for 7-Up, 7-Up was paying me $1,200 a week at 65 hours. I left them, went to USA Concrete. They was paying me $1,600 Monday through Saturday, 70 hours. I said, it got to be a better way. It got to be a better way. Somebody told me about a cargo van. 
I went out and bought me a $1,500 cargo van leaking oil, smoking in the back, and it brought me $900 a week at 32 hours. Seven months later, I bought my first box truck, made $10,000 my first month, right? Me being so naive and didn't understand the business, I bought the wrong truck. Now watch this. I'm going to tell you how good God is and how intentionally he is. When I had the cargo van, I used to go the same place that the box truck, the cargo van, and the 18-wheeler would go. Only difference is the box truck would back up to the dock, the 18-wheeler back up to the dock, the, the, the uh, cargo van would back up to the ramp. Same freight, everybody getting their freight. I would ask my people, how, what, what kind of box truck to buy? How you getting your loads? And my people didn't want to help me. My people, they didn't want to help me. So I got mad and I said, I told God, I will never, ever, ever be like that. I trained three people out of prison how to start their box truck company, and I trained two people how to start their box truck company at the same CDL school I went to. And then my wife said, since you're helping these people, let's do a seminar. Our first seminar was in March of 2018 around our kitchen table for $25, and coaching was $200. Now coaching is $20,000. And my programs cost $5.97 to $2.97. The point I'm trying to make is God took something that was not intentional and blessed me with it. Now watch this now. Because I was obedient to him. So you think that I'm finna just talk about tra transportation without talking about God? That ain't who I am. That's not who I am. Right? So look, so every opportunity I get to talk to the youth, I always ask the youth this question. Give me the definition of a fool. They think about it. And I tell them, I say, it's many definitions of a fool, but I'm looking for two of them, though. The first one. A fool is one who lacks good judgment. The second one. A fool is an idiot. If you define idiot, it's defined as one who lacks common sense. So why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that because it's only one thing worse than a fool. That's an old fool. <laughs> so I was an old fool because I went to prison at 46 years old. So what I'm the reason why I'm bringing this up, now watch this now. I'm finna step on your toes. Some of y'all still hustling. Y'all got real quiet. Some of y'all are out here still hustling. Now watch this now. If you put together a plan how to rob somebody, you had to give it some thought. 
If you selling dope and bagging it up and you got workers, you was running an organization. I'm here to tell you that you are a CEO and a boss, but you don't even know it. So if you are doing something illegal, I am pleading with you and asking you to transition to something legal. Because if you got enough energy and enough thought to do something illegal, if you put that same energy into doing something right, your whole life will change. The only difference between me and these two men up here right now, look, watch this, watch this. A mind shift. A mind shift. You just got to shift your mind. You are a boss. You are a CEO. But until you know it, you will never transition. You got to believe that you're a CEO. You got to understand that you're a boss. That's why these rooms are important. Stop thinking that you're giving somebody some money. You investing in yourself. You investing in your future. You sitting beside millionaires you don't even know. You sitting beside somebody you can team up with. You sitting beside somebody a year from now you're going to run into and just because they saw you on social media, they're going to want to do business with you. There's so many different lanes in the transportation business. Everybody can be successful once you find your niche. One of my millionaires, trucking with D. Right? She on social media, right? She bought a box truck. I got a phone call from a broker. I get a lot of phone calls. They, need, they needed so many vans to deliver for FedEx. Anytime I get a phone call, I take it to my, 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 my coaching clients. I want my coaching clients to eat. I don't sleep if they ain't eating, right? She did so well, she went from one van to having 45 cargo van lanes. Now watch this now. She ain't owned that one van. She had 45 cargo vans and didn't have not one van. It's a way that you can recruit people with their own van and get paid off them and they're responsible for the fuel and responsible for uh, the insurance and all that stuff. That's, that's a whole nother story. That's in my course. I'll teach you that, all right? The point I'm trying to make is she did so well with the middleman and her in FedEx that FedEx loved her work so much that they pushed out the middleman and gave her a multi-million dollar contract with FedEx. All I'm here to do is to motivate you, regardless if you're doing 18-wheeler, box truck, cargo van, sprinter van, if you're doing dispatching, if you're doing brokering, it is plenty of room for everybody. All you need to do is find your lane that, that's comfortable for you and what you like. Some people don't want to do the trucking. Some people love, I met a young lady, she came up to me, she said, Coach, I love dispatching. She said, I used to be on welfare. Now I'm dispatching. I ain't, I ain't never seen this kind of money. 
Like Cash said, my man Cash, all it takes is a computer. That's all it takes. All it takes is some desire. All it takes is a mind shift. That's all it takes, y'all. That's all it takes. So with that said, my name is Coach Sheldon. My website is boxtruckcoach.com, boxtruckcoach.com. My Instagram page is Sheldon underscore box truck coach. And my mission is to help as many people transition from working for somebody and to be an entrepreneur. Whether you still want to work for somebody and earn passive income to have a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a week and me to go into these county jails and these prisons and minister to these young men and grown men and them old fools, them old fools, right? And me and Cash then hooked up with prison reform. If you don't know who Cash is, that's Yellow Brick. He, 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 he's in with Meek Mill, Jay-Z, and the owner of the 76ers. I'm working with him on reform just to help our people or any people transition from doing the dumb stuff to doing the legitimate stuff. Peace. I love you. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle.